US bonds are on the up on the hope that some sort of stimulus deal will be bolted together. The pound is down because Brexit talks don't seem to be going as well as hoped. But the FTSE 100 is up as the UK is the first to push on with a vaccine from next week. And oil is up. Nothing to do with OPEC just because inventories are down. Plus Aussie GDP, words from the RBA's Philip Lowe, weaker jobs growth in the US and... Well, you know, that's enough, isn't it? It's Thursday, the 3rd of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has been up and down right now. It's a little down on yesterday, but up uh, 0.2% on the Japanese yen. The euro has gained 0.2%. The Aussie is up a third of 1%. The pound down half a percent. No big moves in the US equities for a change. The S&P is up a little, the Dow and Nasdaq down a little. Not much movement in Europe either, except in the UK, where the FTSE 100 is up 1.2%, no doubt, on the vaccine news. Uh, We'll come to that in a second. Banks and mineral companies doing particularly well. Uh, Some of that because oil is doing well. 2.2% up for Brent and WTI, with oil inventories down by 700,000 barrels last week in the United States. And US 10-year Treasury yields up higher, up another three basis points to 0.95%. Ray Attrell is with me this morning, head of FX strategy at at NAB in in Sydney. So Australia is officially out of recession, Ray. Uh, Uh, GDP is up 3.3% in the third quarter. It's a bit of a meaningless definition at times like this, though, isn't it? If we take the old, you know, two quarters uh, uh, in negative is a recession, and once you're out of it, it's all over, because we're still going to be a few percent down by the end of the year. No, that's the point. Good morning, Phil. And uh, yes, and it sort of plays to that view of of what what is a V and what is a U and what is a W, for example. So, um, so I mean, a good result yesterday. Um, you know, growth of three point three percent on the quarter, uh, but following a seven percent decline. So, we've only recovered, you know, a little under half of the uh, of the of the loss that we had in Q two. But uh, things clearly moving in the right direction. Had it not been for the Victoria lockdowns, no doubt the result would have been uh, would have been better, particularly on the consumer side, which was obviously was the main you know, the main growth driver, up sort of almost eight percent on the quarter. Um, But as you say, I think that, you know, the the way to think about this is, you know, what does it take to get back to the level of GDP that existed prior to the pandemic? And there we're still about 4% below. And the unemployment rate is, you know, is still, you know, 7%. Mm. And then Phil Lowe's made it clear that a fully employed economy is is with an unemployment rate of uh, four point something. So, um, you know, are we still in recession? Arguably, we are still in recession, um, even though we've met that technical definition of uh, of a bounce after two quarters of decline. So the other thing Philip Lowe was saying yesterday in his, in his his testimony was that uh, we've got to see what other central banks are doing because we can't be too far out of step. I just wonder whether we are going to be too far out of step if we see, you know, maybe yields rising elsewhere, like in the US, for example, where we're seeing bond yields rising on on the hope of a a fiscal stimulus deal. But also, I mean, you know, longer term, there's rising inflation expectations. So maybe Australia won't be too out of kilter next year. Is that possible? Well, I think the key thing is going to be inflation. So Phil Lowe made abundantly clear for um, the, the, the seventh or eighth time that we're not going anywhere, at least on interest rates, until inflation is comfortably inside the 2 to 3% target range on a sustainable basis. And, uh, you know, our view has been that, um, you know, well, Phil Lowe's view is that until wages start to pick up, 
it's almost inconceivable that we will achieve that inflation mandate. So there clearly is a long way to go on the labour market. His uh, his reference to what other central banks were doing was in the context of you know being asked about the fate of the QE bond buying, which is currently scheduled to end in May next year. Will they extend it or not? Um, and he's saying, well, if the economy surprises on the upside, and yesterday's uh, result was actually an upside surprise. Um, the governor talked about it, uh, hoping for two percent, and he's got three point something percent. Um, you know that could uh, that, that could play into the view that we don't need to do more. And then said, but we'll have to see it in the context of what others are doing, and that is a direct reference to saying, you know, if others are still you know going full steam ahead with QE and we don't, we will have higher bond yields and we will have a higher Aussie dollar as a result of that, and that is undesirable. So um, to some extent, I think he's saying that we will be a bit of a price taker of what is going on um, elsewhere. And, and with US bond yields rising, um, if they're not matched by what happens in Australia, that in itself might help to, to damp down the, the Aussie dollar. But here we are back knocking on the door of uh, 74 cents as we talk. Yeah. Well, look, if we did see uh, interest rates rise, I mean, that that is going to be a concern, isn't it, to treasurers around the world. We had Rishi Sunak from the UK today saying that uh, if we saw interest rates rise, that would be a big problem because they've got a £400 billion deficit and it would just become unaffordable if uh, we saw rates rise. Uh, but, you know, we've also got uh, very good news there today, vaccine news, in that they, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is going to be rolled out from next week in the UK and that is causing a bit of a reassessment about how far central banks should go generally. The FT today saying investors are unwinding bets, for example, that the Bank of England is going to cut rates to zero because, uh, well, Britain has the vaccine. It's approved. They're rolling it out. It's all good news. But uh, Well, it's only, I mean, it obviously is good news. And, uh, you know, the UK being the first um, um, drug administration, if you like, uh, to actually approve the rollout. I think something 800,000 doses are, are ready to go from from next week. Um, and we're expecting um, the US FDA to uh, to pontificate or to pass judgment on, I think, Pfizer-BioNTech's uh, vaccine on December, as early as December the 10th. So that's that next uh, back end of next week and, and possibly Moderna um, just a couple of weeks after that. So, you know, the, the hopes of the vaccine uh, or the, the vaccine trial results turning into the deployment of the vaccine are happening very, very quickly. And that is undoubtedly good news. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, what central banks have been saying, and I think what Phil Lowe has been saying as well, the lessons from history are that, you know, withdrawing stimulus too quickly um, has inevitably, you know, brought problems. Yeah. And so even if we've got this good news and the economy's recovering, and as we've just been saying, you know, until we get back to, you know, pre-pandemic levels and our unemployment rates are back to where they were, we, it's unlikely that we're going to see the sort of wage inflation, which, which ultimately is what drives, you know, sustainably higher inflation so um yeah. so while we might not be thinking about rates coming down and uh, in new zealand for example you know, there clearly has been something of a backing away of, uh, of early suggestions of a move to negative rates um you know saying you're not going to be doing more at least on the rates front is not the same as saying that uh, central banks are contemplating reversing course and lifting interest rates anytime soon and, and again phil Lowe said you know, rates are going nowhere for probably at least three years, and that's why they've reaffirmed that three-year bond yield target. Yeah, well, let's hope so, because it could cause a lot of problems otherwise, couldn't it? Look, uh, the the other uh, bad news, I guess, from the UK, I mean, they had the good news on the vaccine. The bad news is that uh, Brexit, you know, there's no tunnel. No, Nobody's in the tunnel. Uh, Barnier did uh, talk to ambassadors from the EU countries to say that the same issues remained, including fish. He, he said one option would be that the 
EU imposes tariffs on any stocks sold by UK fishermen into the single market if EU boats are denied access to the, to those stocks. That is sounding a lot like a, a no-deal scenario to me, isn't it? And here we are. It's well, it's the beginning of December. The pound took a hit on all of this today, didn't it? No, it did. I mean, that was, if you think about, go forward at this t- exactly this time yesterday, um, or 25 hours ago, mm. um, you know, we had, what was it, Times Radio uh, in the UK saying that it looks like negotiators have entered the tunnel. And I think on Monday, the UK's Telegraph was saying that uh, a deal on fishing um, was imminent. And um, you listen to uh, President Macron or, or reported comments um, yesterday and uh, nothing could be further from the truth. There's mm. still a, you know, a massive dispute over fishing, which, let's remember, is pretty inconsequential in the macro scheme of things, but symbolically, obviously, um, you know, very important in, in, in the whole context of the, what was the Brexit referendum about. It's about take back control of the borders. And, you know, that, that, that's no more apparent when it comes to, you know, who has the right to fish, to catch fish in the North Sea. Mm. So, um, yes, it doesn't look like we're there um, as yet. Uh, the clock is ticking. We have the EU summit on the 11th and 12th of December, um, you know, where the the fate of the EU recovery fund and now, you know, the hope was that uh, negotiators would be in the tunnel and then they'd be out of the tunnel by the end of next week in time for um, EU leaders to, you know, to give a tick to a deal. But um, that doesn't look to be the case. Um, So, you know, if I look at UK markets, you say sterling, the worst performing currency, having been the best performing currency yesterday, but the UK stock market, the only major stock market that's actually up, and that clearly is on that, uh, that positive vaccine rollout news. Half the problem is they've all got access to the fish they don't want. So uh, so Britain gets the mackerel, uh, France has the cod, and they both want the opposite. Uh, so I don't know how they're going to resolve that one. Look, uh, better news in the United States, perhaps. Uh, shortly after we did the podcast yesterday, on, on Tuesday, there was uh, there was talk about uh, at the, the maybe a uh, deal being reached for a, a coronavirus stimulus package in the United States. It's going to extend that $300 supplementary unemployment benefit to March. Uh, no cash drop into people's bank accounts, but, uh, it, you know, it's not, it's not a massive offering, or it's certainly not, you know, it's less than a, a trillion, <laughs> which still seems like a lot of money. Uh, but, um, you know, more hope than there has been for a while, and it pushed Treasury yields up a bit today. No, it certainly did. And uh, as you say, only uh, only $990 billion. That is 5% of GDP. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's only in the context of, of, of the talk of $2 trillion plus that was, uh, you know, that was the, the number prior to the election that, uh, you know, that makes it look relatively small. But um, but whether this is going to fly or not is, is really still anybody's guess. Uh, so seeing the comments from at least one Democratic senator last night who described the package as disastrous, um, it's not at all clear that that there will be, you know, sufficient bipartisan support uh, to get this through. Um, I've not heard anything from uh, from Nancy Pelosi, the uh, the leader of the House, as yet. So, um, depending mm. on uh, on what she says, that could be pretty instrumental in terms of whether she can get at least her own party on side to support this. But, um, but yes, positive news and certainly a, certainly a driver of, of the backup in bond yields with markets having become resigned to nothing happening at least this side of the uh, the presidential yeah. inauguration and swearing in of the new Senate in well, January. It does feel like we've had it before, doesn't it? Very quickly, the ADP job numbers for November uh, grew less than expected, 307,000 jobs gained, almost uh, half of those in, in mid-sized companies. Not many, just 58,000 in, in bigger companies. We get the initial jobless claims for the for the week of the 28th of November for the United States tonight. And, of course, tomorrow, uh, non-farm payrolls. So are we expecting that to be a little under as well? Well, um, 
suppose one thing to note is that the ADP has underperformed the actual payrolls number, I think, just about every month or each of the last six months. So pretty much since the pandemic started, ADP has underestimated payrolls. So I've read um, one um, economist that we cover that we follow in the US is suggesting that this means upside risks to the uh, consensus, which I think is for about a 700 or 700, well, no, it's for about a 500,000 gain. He's suggesting it could be 700,000. And I read another super intelligent economist who, on the other hand, says uh, there's downside risks there. So um, right. I don't think this will well, shift be consensus. Like, we can't have everyone saying, everyone can't say it's going to be better than expected because then that would then be what would, the expectation was. Absolutely. That's <laughs> it. Uh, but yes, but uh, so I don't think it's going to shift expectations that something um, a little north of uh, 500,000 is, is, is the pick at least. And as we've been saying, given the trending claims, even though, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, they have been discredited. Um, you know, the trend there, to the extent that it's true, does suggest that um, the December payroll numbers won't be nearly as good as whatever the November numbers bring tomorrow. Now, today, uh, Australia's October trade numbers plus October home loans, uh, they're expected to be up as well. Nothing is going to stop Australians buying houses, is it? No, it doesn't seem so. And obviously, the latest house price numbers do suggest that they're on the up. But uh, interestingly, Phil, though, said yesterday, unlike what uh, we're starting to, the rumbles we're seeing in New Zealand, um, there is no contemplation of uh, so-called macro prudential rules anytime soon, at least as far as the uh, the RBA is concerned. But, uh, no, I don't think the numbers today will be market moving, but we do have the China Kaizen Services uh, PMI. That'll be worth a, worth a, a look. And uh, also yes. the uh, the ISM services from the US. So that, that's probably the uh, the highlight of the uh, the economic calendar for the yeah. next 24 and hours. Lots of uh, market PMI numbers as well for Europe, the UK and, uh, and the like. And look, we have to remind ourselves as well, there's a pandemic on. 2,600 new fatalities in the United States on Tuesday. 5.5 million active cases there. Over 25,000 of those are critical. 182,000 new cases on that day. New Jersey, 0.2% of the population has died from this thing. It's far from over. They need those vaccines rolled out fast, don't they? Uh, I mean, that's that's the reality. And we're always going to be looking at those numbers while we look at the speed of the vaccine rollout. They're the, they're the two stories continuing, aren't they? They are indeed. So, uh, so on that cheery note, I guess we say uh, adios. So you're so upbeat yesterday, Phil. Yeah, I know. I know was for most of today, wasn't I? I just sometimes realise you've, you've gone back into your <laughs> tunnel of despondency. But, uh, <laughs> At least someone's in a tunnel. Uh, good to talk, Ray. See you soon. Thanks, Phil. I just don't want us all to get too excited. Uh, back again tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then.